Welcome to the Sports Betting Podcast. The Line Breakers. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? This is Coop. I'm here on the podcast. I'm going solo tonight. Seems like everyone's bailed on me. Um, got some important news. Big Al's gone. Uh, so it's just going to be me, Coop. Uh, we're supposed to have a couple other people here. Derek. Derek is still involved. Um, he's just busy tonight. Uh, we have a couple new people you'll hear. Uh, they're interesting. They know a lot about sports betting, a lot about sports, entertaining. Um, yeah, and they'll be willing to uh, come down here and talk, and we'll just have a good time. You'll be able to listen to us entertaining, and we'll just take this show on the road and see how far we can take it. Uh, last week in sports betting, uh, we did pretty good. Uh, we started out pretty bad. Uh, had a pretty bad Saturday. Sunday, we kind of kicked it up. We were pretty good this week, though, so we're not talking about last week. Started 3-1 and one, uh, yesterday. Uh, Chicago White Sox, big underdog. I think it was minus 150. They couldn't hold on against the Red Sox. Red Sox, I think, scored five in the last five innings. Ended walking off in the bottom of the ninth, or the bottom of the tenth, I believe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're moving on. Uh, talking about social media, I'm the social media guy. So uh, we're, um, and we were kind of moving into social media. We got the website kind of cranking out. Um, yeah, I mean, we have the website www.thelinebreakers.com. Facebook at the Line Breakers, Twitter, you can get us all there. Instagram, the Line underscore Breakers. Mm, yeah, I mean we're we appreciate all the DMs we've been getting, uh, good and bad. I mean, some people just come on and say, "What the heck are you guys doing?" I mean, this is a system. We're not going to win every day. We're not going to win. I mean, we may not win every week, but we're going to kind of come back to you every day. We're going to have that guarantee. If we don't cash, you don't cash, or if you don't cash, we don't cash. And, uh, yeah, you'll be guaranteed the free week. Or if we don't cash in the month, you'll be guaranteed the next month free. Um, that'll be kicking off soon. We'll be back to get you guys um, involved in that. Uh, we'll have to see with the website and see how it's going. We're still kind of finalizing some things, how you guys are going to uh, get that, be able to uh, access our picks um, through a system. But I think we're going to happen. Uh, we're going to come across that maybe after the All-Star break in the MLB, uh, the MLB All-Star break. So, We'll see that. I think that's like the second week or the first week in July. I mean, we'll finalize that through. You guys can just follow us on uh, on our Facebook page. I know you're listening. Maybe you're listening to the website, uh, thelinebreakers.com. Um, yeah, I mean, you'll be able to see it there. And uh, yeah, I mean, sign up. I mean, it's, it's actually very important that you guys sign up for the podcast. Get on our email list. You'll be able to get some free promotions. We'll be promoting some things. Um Free weeks, freaks, uh, percentage off. Um, refer a friend, we'll be able to uh, get some money off that way too. And yeah, we'll just take it from there. And uh, I mean, we just like love doing this, we love just staying up, staying up late, doing these picks for you. I mean, some people don't, but I mean, we enjoy it. We just kind of did a little overview and how we can, uh, how you can get in contact with us. I mean, through our Instagram, we're always there, we're always waiting for you guys to DM us, and we're just, we're just waiting by our phones for to answer you guys. Facebook, The Line Breakers. Probably listen to our website, www.thelinebreakers.com. Once again, crucial, you sign up there. Free promotions, half off, incentives to refer people to us. I mean, you have any other friends that love to gamble? Maybe they're not the best. Maybe they like to lose. Send us our way. You know, we'll, we'll teach them the way.
We have uh, eight other podcasts you can also listen to. Bankroll management we talk a lot about. That's just something crucial that we like to touch on. But right now we're going to talk about something in sports and something in sports that's kind of a big deal right now. Technology and sports. We've all seen it on uh, ESPN back as recent as the NHL playoffs or even the Women's World Cup if you guys watch that. And just how replay controls can control the outcome of a game. You have the Women's World Cup, they use the VAR, video assistant, referee. So, I mean, I mean it sounds nice, right? It sounds like there's another referee on the, um, on the field, can help out. You see when someone scores, the referee will kind of look, he or she will look at her, uh, like her watch. It'll, it'll give us a, her a go or go no-go no sign. But in, in one of the games, we saw a penalty kick by a girl. She missed it. They were down one. They got a penalty. She missed it. One of the girls encroachment, encroachment in the box, which is kind of a weird rule to call anyway. It's kind of like free throw violation. So she misses it, gets saved. Referee looks at her watch. She gets to retake it. She scores. I mean, not really a big deal because it's Women's World Cup, not a huge, not a huge audience, uh, especially in America. I mean, it's not really, especially with other countries, not, not affiliated with the United States. But, I mean, we talk about the Saints-Rams-NFC Championship game. The huge pass interference penalty that was missed. And, I mean, that's what everyone was about. Sean Payton in the offseason. I mean, they had good right to cry about it. But, I mean, they were crying all offseason. You have the Saints fans rioting, signing petitions to replay the game, players tweeting, replay the game, these rules that would allow them to replay from the, from the previous, like almost redo the play. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And now in the offseason, they've now made it so you can challenge pass interference. What are we doing? You can challenge, you can even challenge offensive pass interference. And you can, and they'll even review Hail Marys, which is just a complete crapshoot. I mean, we've all seen Hail Marys. We've seen the Hail Mary in Seattle. What was that now? Maybe seven years ago. I mean, Golden Tate, just the two-hand shove in the back. I mean, would that have been called back? They kind of gave a couple examples of plays. There was a game in Kansas City last year, Kansas City Chargers. Um, it was the end of the game, 20 seconds left. Rivers rolls out, throws a pass in the end zone, pass interference, they get the ball at the one. The, the NFL actually came out this week and said it would have been, it was correct, they called defensive pass interference, but it would also have been offensive pass interference. I mean, you just have these outcomes in these games that'll, It'll just create a whole vortex of, of just something else. I mean, do we really want that? It's almost like taking the, it's taking like the storybook out of sports. That's why we watch sports. We watch sports because we don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. And I mean, you see things like the Blues and they come out of nowhere. They go from last to first and win the Stanley Cup. And I mean, people think it's going to stop controversy, being able to review every play, slow down every frame. I mean, with these high-definition cameras, you can see everything. And, I mean, we get it. We get it. You can – you'll help out the refs. The refs can't see everything. But, I mean, when's it going to stop? It's just – they also they were talking about getting rid of offsides in hockey. There was a couple of GMs that wanted that. It's like, when's enough going to be enough? I mean, I'm on the stance. I'm all for replay. But, I mean, you have to st stop it at, like, black and white calls, like – Goal, no goal, simple, fair foul. That's what I like. All that gray area stuff, pass interference. Did he tug him with X amount of force to throw him to throw him off? I mean, 
that's just, I just don't like the way he's going. I mean, we all have all seen the most controversial play of all time, the Brady play, the tuck rule. I mean, the logical person, if they saw that play, they'd be like, it's a fumble. But no, I mean, and that's another thing too. I mean, we'll touch on that in a bit, but I mean, people see the Brady play, Woodson come off the edge, blindside hit, fumble, but because he went to retuck it, it counted as a pass, which they later changed because obviously it looks like a fumble. And anyone who watched that, if someone, if my mom who doesn't really watch football, if she went in that plane, she said, this is a fumble. But nope. And that's another thing. How the rules are written also comes into play. Like the, the catch or the non-catch in Lambo with Des Bryant. If you look at that play, people are going to be like, he caught it. He was lunging for the end zone and it hit the ground and popped out. Nope. Because how the rule was written, written, he didn't make a football move and now it was an incomplete pass. See, that's what people, being able to review every play won't stop anything. It won't. But I mean, we can't stop it. We can't stop it because every year there's going to be a play something that changes the outcome of the season or loses someone money and and then in the offseason they'll make a new rule like they have done probably for the last five years now. And we've even seen this come into play in betting too during the NHL playoffs, Sharks versus, who are they playing? The Blues with the five-minute major where they go on to score five goals or it was Vegas. And they go on to score five or four goals on the power play. It's like, I mean, you can review penalties and, and see that. And it's just getting to a point where when's enough going to be enough? All right, we're going to take a break, guys. Hey everyone, we're back with the Line Breakers podcast. You're probably listening to it on our website, www.thelinebreakers.com. Once again, sign up there, crucial. Get promotions, refer a friend, get more promotions. Like I said before in the beginning of the show, if you don't cash, we don't cash. Okay, so if we don't win that week, if we don't win that month, you're going to get the next week free. You're going to get the next month free because that's what we won here. We were professionals. I mean, we expect to win. Not going to win every day. Not going to win every week. But we expect to win. We come out here. We have our, our math team. I mean, they're crunching the numbers. We have myself. We have a couple other guys. I mean, we're looking at games. We're looking at to find the edges for you. See what you can get. See, just make you guys money. So like we said, sign up there. Put your email on the list get promotions. Once again, we're going to start that probably at the end of the all-star break for the MLB. And we'll just get a roll right into that. But let's talk about college, college sports, college baseball. I mean, the College World Series is happening right now. Michigan Vanderbilt. Michigan won yesterday. I think it was 7-3. Kind of a little funny story there. Um, one of the players, I think John Kerr third. he went deep, I think, in the fifth inning, lefty, you know, getting a fastball over the middle, just cranked it to right. But the story here was his grandfather, actually, John Kerr. 
He uh, he actually played for Michigan too, an alum, big blue alum. He played back in the '60s. He actually pitched two complete games in the same day. We never see that. We see pitchers in their contracts; they can't even pitch more than five outs in a save. We'll get to that later. Diaz, the Mets, horrible organization. I don't know how they're uh, how they're still kicking. But he pitched two complete games in the same day, double hitter, over 300 pitches. Pitchers can go a whole season not even throw 300 pitches in a game. And not only that, he had the game-winning hit in the second game. I always think about that too. Like, imagine there were like cameras back then, like more phones. We kind of talked about the controversial video. There were more phones back then, and people were able to like videotape these plays. And kind of, we, I guess some of the lore would be gone. Like if someone... If Babe Ruth did really point out to the uh, stands and hit a home run, I guess if we saw that, like, some of the lore, some of that, like, kind of mystery would be gone. So I guess it's kind of a better thing that we didn't always have these camera phones and these HD videos recording everything. Sorry, kind of just an important call. Kind of just calls and hearsay stories. are always better to hear anyway. But let's come back to college, college sports in general. And we love talking about money here and where the money goes, who the money goes to. I mean, the NCAA is a multi-billion dollar organization, industry. Mainly because they don't have to really pay any of their their big money-making employees, all these college athletes that go out there. I mean, most of them, I think maybe, what, a small percentage? Maybe like under, I don't have the percentage in front of me, maybe under 5% of all college athletes, Division One, Two, Three, will go on and actually play professional sports. And you have these players going out here, and the NCAA is just robbing them of their likeness and their and what they bring to the game. I mean, we saw this most when Ed O'Bannon, back in, he filed a lawsuit against EA Sports to get rid of their college baseball, basketball, and football game, which kind of a bummer for me. I know some else you guys probably hated that too because you get into play the game, but. The EA, EA Sports ended up settling $60 million, and they paid a group of 2,400 former college football and basketball players. And they're going to share that money because they use the likeness. They use that to help create a better product. And now we look at the big NCAA, the big daddy. They talk about how they want to, you know, student athletes. They're, they're students first, athletes second. And they're just robbing them blind. I mean, then you have the argument on one side saying, oh, but they get free tuition. That's cool. They get some money. That's cool. But, I mean, what about some, some of these kids are, are just waiting for that break? I mean, some, some kids get injured in, in uh, college sports. I mean, they're screwed. Major injuries. We've seen Eric LeGrant paralyzed. I mean, he's just the big poster child. I'm sure maybe he got some money, but... I mean, what about all the players that go through all these like knee injuries, back injuries, neck injuries? Some of them will just feel that later on in life. I mean, they'll get nothing. They'll get nothing for that. No insurance money, no help from the NCAA. They'll just be like, hey, thanks for coming. See you never. I mean, that's what we're dealing here with the NCAA. And now California is looking to pass a bill to make them pay their players. The NCAA is like, what? What is this? California is currently considering a bill that will allow the NCA students, student athletes in California, to profit off their name. I guess this would be by 2023. 
and the NCAA was already fired back, and they said, no way, we'll just kick, we'll just kick all college sports uh, in California out. We won't let them compete in our tournaments. I mean, this could really rock the boat if this bill passes. I'm sure people in the NCAA are, are freaking out. Because you've got some big colleges out there. You've got Stanford, USC, Cal. Well, it's maybe you've got some big ba baseball schools down there. Santa Clara. UCLA. UCLA. A little birdie just told me that. I mean, yeah, you have these big schools, and I mean, what are they just not going to compete in the tournament center? Not compete in March Madness? We won't see UCLA in there. We won't see USC college football. One of the pretty much like original powerhouses in college football history. We won't see them anymore. I mean, I love it. I think this is going to rock the boat, and this is going to get what the student athletes deserve. I mean, we could talk about how much they earn. Who gets what percentages, yada, yada, yada. What sport's going to make most? Is football going to make the most for most schools? Is basketball going to make the most for some schools? We could talk about that later. But let this get, let's get this sorted out sooner rather than later. And that's why they're willing to change the rule in NBA. They changed the rule from 18 to 19 a couple years ago. Now they're looking to change the rule back from 19 to 18. So these kids who, I mean, most of them are coming from the inner cities. Most of them don't have a lot to their name. And they just want to get in there. I mean, they get, they're, they're worth millions of dollars. We saw it with Zion Williamson. Once he got drafted, what was he worth? Like instantly, like $80 million. Signed the shoe deal. Signed the NBA contract. Everything. Endorsements. Boom, 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 boom. I mean that's just the top edge, but there's a lot of there's a lot of players out there that are that can make money off their likeness, especially while they're in college, especially in those big college towns. Some towns in the South, Midwest, you get to those big basketball, football schools. I mean that's life. People live and die those sports in those towns. They could make money. They could write books, maybe go to autograph signings, show up at events get paid to just be there so I mean no more people will come to the event just like that I mean we've all seen that especially nowadays with golf events or um, meet and greets I mean that's what they should be doing but they can't they can't make any money off their likeness as of today but I mean it looks like California California could really rock the book because I mean they're obviously a huge state I mean we know they're very liberal they could change the game I saw Maurice Claret the other day on social media. kind of just popped up randomly. I don't know why. But, I mean, he's one of the big instances. He was a freshman, had a huge year at Ohio State. And he wanted to go pro, but they just wouldn't let him. He would not get drafted. You need to say three, you need to say three years in college football. And he was like, screw this. I want to go to the NFL. I want to make money. I'm a running back. I'm, I'm going to be destroyed by, by the time I'm 30. I need to get, my, I need to get the paycheck now. Grab the bag. He ended up leaving. I mean, went to kind of pro football, not NFL. It was kind of just, it didn't turn out to a good story. Ends up going to jail. But imagine if he can go to the NFL. I mean, he probably could have played with those guys. At least made some money. 
that's why it's important to just understand that when you're watching these college sports, these athletes, I mean, they're giving up everything, their time. Sure, most of them are living out their dream, but they're giving up their time, and most importantly, they're giving up their body. And they're not, they're not really making anything from it. Nothing putting money in their pocket outside of a degree. Right? So, that's all I have to say about that. One, we're back. The Line Breakers podcast. We just talked a little bit about college sports and are they going to pay their athletes. A little bit before that, we were talking about Instant Replay, you guys should probably check that out. If you're on a website, www.thelinebreakers.com, sign up, put your email there, get pre-promotions, invite a friend, invite your father, invite your grandfather, brothers, sisters, if they're legal age, mothers, and see if we get this thing rolling. Get free promotions. Money off for you guys. Less money to spend. We're going to do a little score break here. We have some four games tonight. We have the Braves minus 105. They're winning one nothing. bottom of the second. The Rangers up 3 nothing. We have this minus 1.5. Minnesota Twins, Twin Cities. It's early in that game. Top second, 0-0. Washington Nationals minus 1.5. They're up 6-1 right now, going to the top of the fifth. They scored three in the back-to-back innings. Let's see if we can add some more to that. But we're going to talk about the Mets and just how much of just a dumpster fire, garbage show they really are. I mean, everyone kind of thinks that the Giants are bad. Goes goes before back. The Giants draft Daniel Jones. They're bad. Jets have all these problems. They're bad. Knicks can't win. They're bad. I mean, the Rangers kind of stay out there. They do their own thing. They run pretty well. But the Mets, I mean, this guy Brody Van Wegenwin, Van Wegenen. Maybe if he was better, I would learn his name. But it seems like he's texting Mickey Calloway what to do. He's just at home texting girlfriend, wife. She's probably like, who are you texting? Are you texting another girl? He's like, no, I'm just texting the manager because he doesn't know what he's doing. A lot of people, I mean, Buster only came out and said he's had multiple sources say that Mickey Calloway's texted multiple times what to do, what not to do. I mean, especially the other night when the Mets were playing the Cubs, they couldn't put Edwin Diaz in, their closer, their guy they got to close out games, who obviously sucks this year. Most days the last two years comes to the Mets. Sucks. Story of their life. He can't pitch five out saves. He's like made the agreement with the GM that he can't pitch five out saves. What, what's the world coming to? We have this guy, John Kerr, pitching 300, 300 pitches in the same day. This guy, Edwin Diaz, can't come in and make a five out save? Are you kidding me? What an absolute, <laughs> unbelievable, like, how this team is run. Imagine if other teams were doing that. I mean, I've talked about this with my friends today. Imagine, just look, just look across the city. Just look at the Yankees. 28 straight games in a row as of today with a home run. The record. The major leagues. It's been going on for a while. And it seems like they're setting records every year. Everyone they bring up, it just seems like an absolute stud. Judge was injured for a couple months, comes back, couple days off, guns somebody out at second, just kind of getting the groove of things. Homers tonight. DJ LeMayhew, who's that? 
oh, he's only the second baseman or third baseman that's just or no second baseman, who just seems to be he can make the All Star game. Torres, Didi, I mean Torres is their second baseman. He's playing shortstop. They get Lemayhew. He's just crushing the ball. You have this guy Gio Urshela playing third base. I mean he's just wrecking the league. I mean what? What are the Mets doing? What it's like? It's almost like what could they do now? It's like what else could they do to to just somehow surpass how much of a complete dumpster fire they really are? I mean, can we think of a team in recent memory just just being this bad, just this badly ran? They they have a good team. I mean, they've shown that they can win. They've they have good pitchers on paper and a pretty solid lineup. But they just seem to just do this to themselves. I mean, they're pitching. They're late, especially their late game pitching. I just think their, I think their saves are just complete. Their blown saves are just completely off the charts this year. Lead the league with 17 blown saves. 50% of the time, they're blowing the save in games with save opportunities. Can you imagine that going to a game? I don't know. Maybe you're an older guy. You have some children. Maybe you're just. In your 20s, 30s, just going to a game, rooting for the Mets. Big game versus the Phillies, versus the Cubs. And you're winning in, in the 8th, ninth inning. They bring in Familia. It's like, oh, no, we're going to lose. We have a 5 run lead against the Dodgers. We, can, we, we can't lose this game. Give up two home runs in the ninth. End up bases loaded. Sack fly it. Win the game. What was that, about a month ago? And it seems like the Mets just can't. They can't get out of their own way. They're just every day, every game, every week, they're just out-medding themselves. I guess that's what we'll call it from now on, out-medding themselves. It's almost like having that friend, having like that mush friend that just, he can't get a bet right. He'll bet something and it'll be going good and they'll just fall off the table. They'll have some monumental, they'll come to you the next day and he'll be like, oh my God, this team blew it. They were winning. He's the guy who would bet the Falcons in the Super Bowl and then double up at halftime, and then they score 28-3. to He's like, oh, my God, they've got this. But know what? He bet on them. That's the Mets. They just, seem, they just blow it in the end of the game. That's how the Mets would be. The Mets would be worse, better off if they were just losing because that's just, that's just losing. I mean, that's just performance on the field. But now you have the GM who hires this manager to run the team, but now he's texting from home on away games what to do, who to send in. It's like how much you're, you're, you hired your manager for a reason. It's like working in a job. It's like you're hired to do this. But we see this across the league. We see young managers almost not even be able to manage. It's like so much is about analytics now and mm, what's the word? Stats and graph, fan graphs and uh, sabermetrics. So much is about sabermetrics now that it's like, what's the point of even having a manager? Let's just have a guy in the, in the dugout with a computer crunching the numbers. And he'll tell you all he needs to do because that's what baseball has come to. We've seen, it, we've seen the changes. Swinging for the fences, either home runs or strikeouts, which on paper they say, what, there's no double plays, you only get one out per se. I mean, there's no small ball anymore, no bunting. Everyone's shifting. 
I mean, this is what baseball has come to. And we have to deal with this as from the better side. I mean, you come into a game, a team could just hit. Hitting three home runs in a game total is, just, is, like, is not, not far from expectations. Get a couple of runners on, walks, hit batters, three homers. That's why it always seems like over City every night. It's like you're afraid to bet the under, even with, even with the top dogs pitching. Because all it takes is that one fastball, gets away, a couple times a game, and they're just crushing it over the fence. I think I saw a stat the other day. Pete Alonzo, I think he has 20, 28 home runs. I think back in like 1890, I mean, obviously that's like old baseball, the old baseball era. I think the whole league had like 27 home runs. You have rookies coming up. We've seen it year after year. Bellinger coming up two years ago. Now Pete Alonzo. I mean, these players are coming up ready to hit home runs, and they don't care if they strike out 200-plus times a year because that's what it's come to. But that's my bright idea for the day. That's actually a good idea. I actually thought about it on the fly. We get a guy, put him in the computer, put him who's really smart, knows stats, knows how to run Excel, put him in the dugout, you can have a team of guys. Imagine that, just having the guys in the dugout, just like making calls with like their computers, just like all there, just like a, like almost like a gaming convention. I think I may be on something there. No one steal my idea before I patent it, okay? All right, we'll be back. I'm Coop here with the Line Breakers podcast. Whether you're listening to this on iTunes or our website, just go check our website out, www.thelinebreakers.com. Sign up, free promotions. Remember, if you don't cash, we don't cash. That's for weeks, months, packages, for the future. I mean, we'll start this up. We're aiming for the all-star break in baseball. I know we've been saying it, but we're going to start pumping out a lot, making sure you guys know we're all on the same page. But if you sign up with the website, for our podcast, you get promotions. We'll have some deals with you referring people, get some half off. I mean, you'll be getting discounted deals on our on our picks, on our professional daily picks. We're out here every day giving you guys winners. We were in three and one yesterday. Today we're sitting 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 pretty pretty. The Rangers, as we we're talking about home runs in our last segment, the Rangers went deep, up four nothing. Atlanta still up one nothing, Washington six one, Tampa Minnesota. Minnesota scored, but I mean Tampa will come back. But let's talk about Hard Knocks HBO. It's kind of like everyone gets pumped up for it. It's kind of like the beginning of the football season. We see the we see the little land the the thing it'll have in the beginning, little animations, guys mowing the grass, painting the helmets, that Raider, that Raider black and silver. It's just gonna it's gonna be in Oakland this year. I mean I kinda wish it was in a couple years in Las Vegas. That'd be a little bit more fun. Maybe see some more uh action, people going to the casino, stuff like that. But I mean the Raiders have Antonio Brown, John Gruden. I mean it seems like you kinda wanna know what what goes on in Antonio Brown's head. I mean he's kinda got this YouTube channel now. Kind of tries to keep you engaged. But, I mean, some of the stuff he says and 
he comes out with is just ridiculous. The whole, what was the beef he had with Schuster, Juju, and him last year, and he was just calling him out. He got all salty because he didn't win MVP of the team, sat out last game. Imagine being a professional athlete, being paid millions of dollars and sitting out the last game, and then having the gall to just be like, like I'm a team player, I play to win, I want to be the best. If you're the best, play the game. But now they're in hard knocks. Everything seems to have settled. The dust has settled. But I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be that entertaining. I think they should bring back John Madden, some of the Raider greats, Jack Tatum. If you guys want to see football hits, look up Jack Tatum highlights. He's ended men's careers. If you guys have ever seen the famous Immaculate Reception, he was the guy who had the hit. He was the guy who just destroyed the Steeler over the middle. The ball flew to Franco Harris. And whether or not the ball hit the ground, we don't know. If it happened now, we probably would have seen it. A lot of people say it hit the ground. A lot of people say it didn't hit the ground. Of course, a lot of those people are from the Pittsburgh area. I don't know. I, I like to think it didn't hit the ground. They've had FBI agents look at that play, like analyze the play, and they say it didn't hit the ground. So I'm going to believe them on that one. Of course, no HD back then, no Twitter back then, no one to complain, no one to hear hear all the tears, see all the memes about that play. But here we go, the Raiders on hard knocks. I don't know, I want to see the draw. What, what's going to be the big draw this year? Are they going to find someone? Last year they were in Cleveland, they had Baker. Baker's a great personality. But this year, who, who's, who's going to be their big guy? Carr. It's kind of funny, too, because Carr's almost like a devout Christian, and they're going to go to Vegas, so it's almost pretty funny that that's going to happen. But they have Carr, Brown. I don't know, I'd like to see a couple of defensive players get out there. I know they've had some big picks over the years. See if those players turn out. But, I mean, they're kind of in a pretty tough spot in their division over there in the, in the West. they got the Chiefs, the Chargers. I mean, they're going to run that division for a bit. Even Denver's probably better than them this year. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll fill you in on that as it comes along. But, I mean, we're just here, like we've said before in our other eight podcasts, we're here to make you guys money. We're professionals. We act professionals. We expect professional results. We expect to win. We're not going to win every day. Not going to win every week. And that's why we give you that backing, because we, we are confident in our algorithm, in the way we pick plays. Three and one yesterday, no big deal. We're confident that we can make you guys money. That's why we're guaranteeing you, you get a free week if we don't make you money. And we could do all the little things later. Maybe the, maybe the odds are wrong. Maybe you're out down a little. I mean, if you're down a little and you could prove it to us, we'll give you that free week. If, if it's somehow, it says we're positive, say we're up two, three units, but because of the way you bet, the way you got the bet in on time, like what time you got the bet in, and if you lost money, I mean, hey, if you could prove it to us, show us in the DMs, we'll give you that next free week. We'll give you that next free month. Because that's how confident we are. We're just confident that we're just going to keep winning for you guys. But that's all we have here today. I'm your host, Coop. We'll definitely gonna have more people over here over the next couple weeks. I appreciate everyone out there listening right now. Remember, 
as my fallen comrade once said. I'm going to get choked up here. Bet with your head, not with your heart. We are the Linebreakers. Out.